So object lessons are good. And uh, yeah, I'm going to save that for later. So object lessons are good. Don't let it throw you off. But object lessons are good. So what I want to talk about today is the purpose-driven summer. The purpose-driven summer, okay? So why is that even important to talk about a purpose-driven summer? Well, let me tell you why. Because if you're anything like me, it gets tight. If you're anything like me, we like to shut off a little bit during summer. We like a, a big shot of our time. We want to go camping, we want to go fishing, we want to do things outside. And what predictably happens every fall is we say, you know, that could have gone better. That could have gone better. I feel like I lost my intentionality in the summer. I feel like I wasn't in the Word enough. I feel like I wasn't in worship enough. I feel like I spent just so much time on me. Right? Holidays come, structure goes away, and, and things go down. And we end up in fall saying, I can't wait for structure again. I can't wait for groups to start again. I'm going to get into a Bible reading plan again. And, and, and there's a party that says, like, man, I'm kind of dry. Some of the structure I miss. Some of the intentionality I miss. And, and we're kicking off summer. School ended this past week. Teachers were done. And there's a whole change in expectations that comes over our whole country. It's now the sum, we're summer mode. And that's great. But I want to talk about purpose today. Intentionality. And, and really living out the things that are key and important to us all. I want to talk about a purpose-driven summer. And, and maybe even hearing that is like, oh man, you, why are you trying to wreck my summer? Why are you trying to like put expectations on my summer? Summer is about not having expectations. And we can decide that for ourselves. It's all good. So we're going to start in Matthew 6. We've already been in the Beatitudes this week, or this, this service, and we're going we're gonna to continue there. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to get that for you on the screen here. And this is where we're going to jump off for a purpose-driven summer. Verse 31 of chapter 6. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles or unbelievers seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Okay, that, that's a pretty basic command. Don't chase after all the things that everybody else is chasing after. Don't worry yourself with that. Don't, don't actively chase and pursue and stress yourself out over all of that, which is the cause of so much of our anxiety. But instead, pursue the kingdom of God. And Max so beautifully invited us into the power 
that the kingdom of God brings in our life. When God's kingdom through us and the Holy Spirit pours out, there is a power. There is a reckoning that happens in our sicknesses, in our mental illness, in our discouragements, in our downness of life. God wants to encounter us in those ways, in a power. But I want to talk about the purpose of the kingdom of God. And there's, there's an intense purpose that Jesus had and that we're to have too in every season of life. And it's the better thing. Because this is kind of a hard ask by Jesus. It's kind of an impossible ask. And I wonder how each of us read this. All those things that you're worried about, stop. You know the important things of food and drink, food you can live a month. Food you, or drink you can live a few days. Clothing in Manitoba you can live an hour. Right? Like, and it, it's, a, it's a hard ask. It's a hard ask. But seek first the kingdom of God. And God, knowing your needs, will help you with all the other things. Above all, this is an invitation into the goodness, mercy, gratitude, softness, and relaxation of God. Don't hear purpose as something I want to lay on you today. Purpose is not like this, okay, you got to do this this summer, you got to do that this summer. Purpose in Jesus' mind is, is adopting a kingdom outlook and a kingdom purpose and a kingdom will that says, this is the better thing. And the way he wants to drive my life is all consistent and all powerful in every season we're in. So much so that he says, it would be better for you to adopt a mindset that, that go after the things of me and let me worry about all the other things. Who knows what it's like to worry? If you don't put up your hand, you are lying in church. All right? And we're going to pray for you after this service. Who knows what it's like to worry? Yes. I remember growing up as a child and I didn't know what it was. And I was maybe five or six. And I had this feeling inside of me that was like I was being crushed from the inside out. It was like the, this really heavy elephant was sitting on my spine. It was, it was squeezing the life out of my soul. And I didn't know what it was. And I thought, that's, that's really oppressive. And it was scary. And as a kid, you don't know these things. But we know well what it's like to be anxious. And fearful. And worrisome. We know what it's like to be so undone by the things around us that we don't even know which way to look 
here's a need, here's a worry, here's a concern, out of my control, out of my control, out of my control. And it, and it consumes us. And it's this big, unlovable bear hug that, that just takes us out. And that is what Jesus is wanting to address in his listeners. I am so much bigger than even your basic needs. That you can leave those in my very steady arms. And you can pursue the things of me. Does that sound oppressive? Does that sound like Matt's trying to ruin your summer by do this and do this and do this? Jesus has the better thing for us. And this is what he's inviting us into. All right, so <laughs> I've been speaking to some of the counselors in the room uh, privately, and um, they'll get this. Abraham Maslow psych- was a psychologist, and uh, he determined, hey, do you even know this? Or just Okay, there was some writing on it. He determined that there's a hierarchy of needs in every human person. And for a person to jump to the next one, the better level, he had to have that first level down. Okay, and, and, and I, want to, I want us to look at this to show kind of the ridiculousness or the impossibility of Jesus' statement of, look, I know your needs... Let me worry about those and you worry about my kingdom. And that's the better path for you. That's a hard ask and, and, and this helps us see that. So this is Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. And the point is, once you graduate from the bottom rung, you get to go to the next one and the next one and the next one. Okay, so... so they added, we added a couple of ones I found online that I think are super relevant. So first you need battery in your phone. I imagine that's what that is. Then you need Wi-Fi. And then there's the real list. But, but those, are, those are good. So we have our sociological needs. That's our basic human needs. For you to do well in life, you need air, food, water, shelter, Basic things, the things Jesus was saying, don't so much worry about those and in place of this greater thing. So we need these things to survive. Then we need safety and security. This is health, employment, social structure, family, safety and belonging and security. Then we need social needs. Friendships, family, intimacy, love, and belonging. So once we graduate, once we get the battery, now, now we can move on to Wi-Fi, then we can move on to breathing, then we can move on to having clothes and security, then we can worry about our family and our friends, right? Then we can go to esteem, and we can start to feel good about ourselves, we can start to have confidence in our abilities and the confidence of others. This is great. And then self-actualization. This is the top. 
This is where we really get to express ourselves, our creativity. We can, we can paint beautiful paintings. We can design beautiful buildings. We can sing amazing songs. But not until we get all those other things done. Make sense? It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But, but here's Jesus saying... Let's skip. Let's skip all these other steps. Let's skip the battery. Let's skip the Wi-Fi. Let's skip the, let's skip the food. Let's skip the security and family and friends. Let's skip all that. Let's even skip feeling good about ourselves. And let's fully express and be the kingdom of God. That's the highest point. And Jesus in Matthew 6 is saying, I, I get all those things. And look at this list. You, you have like what? So there's five levels before the top, or four levels before the top one minus those two there. That's, that's 80 or 90 Worry points in total. That's 80 or 90 pieces of anxiety where you don't know the outcome, you can't control it, you don't know what's going to happen, and you fear the worst. That's a big jump and a big ask. But Jesus wants to bump us from the lower rung to the top rung. By his power and by his spirit. And tell us this is the very best thing for you. He always has something better. This is what, it, what he says in John chapter 6. For I have come. Now this is Jesus, okay? This isn't his followers. Which is us. This isn't the disciples. This is Jesus saying, declaring. He sees things perfectly clear. For I, the Son of God, have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So this is Jesus, fully God, the Son of God, who has always been, who has made us from the inside out. And he says, my whole reason for being here is to fulfill the will of God in my life. My moments, my time. And if you read the gospel pages, it's pretty clear that Jesus lived this out. Because he kind of just did life. Went here, walked there, served there, spoke there. He just went through life caring for people and doing the will of God. That's, that's the clearest way to see it. He wasn't, he wasn't storing up wealth for himself. He wasn't building storehouses and cold storage so he could store things over the winter. He wasn't, he wasn't pursuing comfort. He wasn't pursuing acreages. He wasn't pursuing any of that. He was simply fulfilling his destiny to do the will of God in his life. His everyday life. And, and it is that simple for us. 
It is and it, and it isn't that simple. Because the truth is we really need the things we need. That is a profound statement. But is this simplicity really a gift? Is the simplicity of Jesus saying, I, I want you to do the will of my Father as I did the will of my Father. I want you to pursue the kingdom coming in everything that you do. At the expense of all the other things we concern ourselves with. Is that really a win? You tell me. Because the things that we carry are heavy. The things that we carry are restrictive. Like I, I can hardly stand right now. It's kind of... The things that we carry often don't fit very well. And Jesus is inviting us to, to the better thing. It's always the better thing. What potentially are you carrying today that he never asked you to pick up? He never asked you to walk a second mile with. He never asked even for it to be on your radar. How does it fit? What's the stress of carrying it? This is one of the greatest telltale signs we can we can know in our life are we really pursuing the will of God for ourselves at the expense of everything else that isn't as we have to ask ourselves how are the things that I'm doing fitting on me what's the weight what's the taxation where, where, where are sores developing where am I losing skin? How is it fitting? This is one of the greatest telltale signs. Because when Jesus comes in, when he says, this is what I have for you, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tiring. But it's going to fit. This is what Jesus, this is how he puts us in places. It's going to fit you. And sadly, and, I, and I'm one of the poster boys for this, is if we look at our lives and we look at what we're doing and we look at where we're tired and we look at where we're stressed and we look at where we're hurting, we look at these things, we take a real look. We say, this part of my life I'm not happy with, this part of my life I'm not happy with, this part of my life doesn't fit well, this part of my life keeps me up at night. It's important to ask ourselves, is God calling me to the things that are causing so much tension and pain in my life? This is not to mean that there isn't a cost in following Jesus. But our anxiety, and hey, look, I'm the guy with the elephant sitting on his chest. Let me tell you. Our anxiety is when we start living outside of our calling. 
Once we start dipping outside, once we start picking up things that we were never supposed to pick up, that's when we start to fray. And we fray and we splinter and we break. And then addiction comes. Addiction comes when we live outside of ourselves. And now we need, we need splinters and band-aids and things to help us to keep going. And again, the Bible is clear. Jesus never says, do it my way and it's going to be no calluses. Very clear about that. But how does it fit? How does it fit? Because Jesus wants us to be consumed, utterly consumed with the things of his kingdom, the closeness, the relationship, the beauty, the love, the tenderness, the healing that comes. I read this on Instagram. There, there's actually good things on Instagram. You got to look. You got to look, but, they, they're, but they're there. This person, this is person's definition to their Instagram account. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Born to live with purpose. Choose joy every day. Bless others. That's their tag under their name. That's kingdom living. My purpose is you. My purpose is the unchurched. My purpose is the, the thing that God has me in. Admission number two for me would be I am constantly discontent with the things around me. Yeah? She's too gracious to say anything. I'm constantly discontent with the things around me. I look and I see this is where I am and I want something else. If I only had this, I would be happy. If I only had that. If this is good, it fits good, but, but it's missing. And I'm constantly tinkering and tinkering and tinkering. And that does a few things. It prevents you from being present in your reality. It prevents you from picking up the mantle that God has for you in your reality. And it, can't, it prevents you from experiencing real joy. So how many of us, just it's inventory time, it's constantly in inventory time as we are in the word of God how am I doing with this? How is my contentment level where, where God has me? Because Jesus only operated where God had him. He was fully present. Fully. And I'm sadly one of the least present people I know. I'm constantly thinking ahead. What about tomorrow? What about the next week? What about the next week? Constantly. And then I'm not present for the things God is calling me to. And that's where the joy is. 
the reality of saying, live my will at the expense of everything else is saying, be free to be completely present in your reality. Would that change things in your life today? I already know the answer. It would change everything in my life. Can you imagine? Like, I often say this. What if people thought about you as the most present person they knew? That guy, that girl is right there. They always have my full attention. They're always completely immersed in what's going on. If, if you want to get up to preach, that's fine. But you got to take the slam when you're up here. Man. Confucius was this kind of philosopher in ancient China. Real cool man, Confucius. He said, life is simple, but we insist on making it complicated. He probably said it a little different, but that's the translation. It sounds amazing. It sounds true. Life is simple. If, if we read the word... If we do the word, if we take it at its face value and not pick apart, well, this is how it translates and this is, right? Life is simple. Love God and then love the people around you and repeat and repeat and repeat and do that at the expense of everything else. Life is simple, but we insist on making it complicated nailed to the wall that's brutal and beautiful and so true I'm a master at making my life complicated my wife's not even looking at me now (laughs) that's when you know she's like no 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 I'm not even Born to live with purpose, choose joy every day, bless others. Amen. So there's a lifestyle that comes with this. When Jesus says, at the expense of even your greatest needs, and I believe he's making a point there, you can still go after things that you need for survival. But trust my purpose in you so much that these things become Slightly more trivial than we've made them. Second Timothy chapter 2 really hits it for me. It's a beautiful verse and there's huge implications that I don't want to get into. Because there's a cost at living like this. And I want us to consider this together. And I don't want us to consider this together. Because if we take the Bible at face value, which I'm saying, and simplify our life by doing it, then our roadmap 
to being more content than we've ever been, more present than we've ever been, more carefree than we've ever been. It's right there. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. That's powerful. Oh, that's great. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Ah. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. Since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Like. Verse 7. Think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Ah, like. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier. Which is us. Gets entangled in civilian pursuits. And this is the call for the Christian church to live outside of the world's parameters. This is where it gets hard and tricky. Because the Bible is calling us to abide by different rules and values... Than the world around us. So the different rules we get. That's okay. I can obey the Ten Commandments. Yes. Sometimes the world does that. But I can make my peace with that. I can honor my mother and father. I can stick to just having one spouse. I cannot get hammered. These different things. I can abide by the rules of the land. But, but the Bible is saying don't even get involved in civilian pursuits. These are values, interests, concerns. This is harder. Because if we really, if we really put this over ourselves and say the only lens that we need to live by is God's, The only lens comes from the Bible, and I put the lens on, I see clearly, and then I respond. Right? The Bible is meant for us to see clearly. But the the Bible is saying, don't even let your pursuits, your agendas, your values be as the world around you, because you have two separate game plans. The world is simply operating to survive and to make the most of the here and now. So in some ways that's contradictory as I'm saying we need to be present. We need to be present. But we can put this on and we can say, okay, God, how am I doing in my pursuits, in my values, the things I chase after?
this is not a good question. Like, this is a bad question. How am I doing in that? And we know, we know the answer. Because the things that we pursue never, they, they never make us feel better. Right? We, we have these things. We have our Instagrams and our Facebooks. And, and that's kind of been like, let's everyone rag on those things. And, and yes, but they never make us better. They never curb our anxiety. They never take away the pressure we feel. They, they are anxiety makers. By definition. And if you don't believe the definition... Just look at the facts in your life. When is the last time pursuing the things of the world has produced the calm freedom that comes from saying, God, your will be done at the expense of all else. And your will is right here, right now. It's all we have. And I, I yearn to be, and I, I don't even want to say this, I'm being super honest. Sometimes, sometimes our heart betrays us, and the things that we want just so goes against our flesh. But I yearn to be the person that pursues the things that are not of this world, the values and systems and behaviors. At the reward of getting a kingdom mindset in every moment. You would be like a dog. Now, a, a, a dog's greatest level of, if you go back to Maslow, a dog's greatest level would be driving in the car with the window open and its head out the window. They say that's the closest thing to ecstasy that a dog can feel. Because they're just undone by all the sounds and sights. And they're so, they're so in tune with the things going on around them that they almost can't stand when they get it all rushed in their face. But we're called to be a people consumed with the reality in which we live in. The people that we live in. The problems that they have. And our society is going the other way. Completely. And, I, and I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem because I subscribe to so many of those things. This isn't on video, right? Like... I don't have to change after this service, is it? It is? Yeah. Right? Because we have this battle in us. I want the things of God so that I can go home and I have a three-year-old and an eight-year-old that I could be obsessed with in the here and now, completely attentive to my family, but my flesh and my behaviors and my addictions are going to want me to go as far away from that as I can. 
And maybe there's a little bit of that in all of us. And maybe the answer for it is God's command and invitation to say, at the expense of all of the pursuits of this world, value me and my will and my purpose. And you will find a freedom and a healing, a purpose that you have never experienced before. And John 10.10 will be your life, that you will have life and you will have it overflowing. Because you tap into the very heartbeat of God in the here and now. So the rest of 2 Timothy says this. And this is really the help in all of this. Because, because until now you can say, okay, well, Matt got up and he said, you're not being intentional enough. You're not being intentional enough. You're not being intentional enough. And I rode the wave of intentionality for many years. And it made me miserably useful. I was miserably useful because I was so afraid that I would be seen faithless, that I pursued at the cost of everything else being intentional. And I never missed a meeting. I never missed a conversation. I never missed a duty because I was afraid. And that's anxiety and that's fear. And that's not believing anything that's true and saying, that's, that's religion. The reality is it's all, it's all because of Jesus. Every, every good thing, everything he asks us to do, he's inviting us. Okay, this is going to be impossible for you. But I still want you to do it. But don't worry. That's all I do is impossible things. And so you're really going to get a show here. And you're going to get to be the impossible. And we all, when we, when we accept Jesus... In our hearts, when we allow him to change us, heal us, and cleanse us, we all get to be impossible people walking around. That's the truth. But Christian maturity is saying, and what's next? And what's next? Where's the next impossible thing you want me to do? Where's the next impossible person you want me to be? What's the next impossible conversation you want me to have? No soldier gets entangled by civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. There's a hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember, verse 8 of 2 Timothy verse two, or chapter 2. sorry, Verse 8, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect. Okay, so, so Paul had taken these words from Jesus so to heart that he was able to say, even my being in prison is allowing the kingdom to come through me. 
Because people would see the prison and say, okay, well, my ministry's over. Right? My ministry's over. Paul had none of this. Jails were pretty bad. Right? Paul had, Paul had none of this in jail. But still was able to say in the words that will last for all time. My absence of all of these things is helping me self-actualize in the very greatest way that I can. And I'm bringing glory to God in my suffering. In fact, the kingdom is coming through me. I'm not reading into this. This is what he's saying. For which I'm suffering... Jesus Christ, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. That, that's amazing. This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we also live with him. This is true. If we endure... We will also reign with him. This is true. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And it's like Abraham in that covenant, where two people are supposed to go down that covenant row. Much like a marriage ceremony, if, if you would see this. Except the, co- the congregation isn't carcasses, right? But, but in this covenant, they're, they're coming down this row. And God actually says, thanks, Abraham. You're supposed to partake in this with me. But I am so committed to the covenant between me as God and you as my people that I'm going to let you sleep this one off. And I'm going to fulfill this covenant on my own. God's agenda is to be faithful regardless of what we do. Even though his intention is that we would be faithful with him. And none of this is meant to be heavy. And none of this is meant to be stressful. That would negate, and I'm sorry if any of it was. That would negate... The beauty of the calling of God to say, come and experience what living a life by my power, for my glory, on my agenda, at the expense of all else can be. It's a freedom that we just can't pursue on our own. I want to pray for us and I I want us to consider, I want us to consider what we're carrying today. And I have one more picture that I forgot about for a second that is going to see maybe a little bit off, but it's a picture for today. Now. It only works, oh wow, this is really, now this is a weighted vest, 
but it might as well be body armor. It's heavy. It might as well be body armor. And I want us to consider the very things we carry that seem like they're protecting us might be the thing that's exhausting your very being. The thing that is meant to protect ends up being the burden that makes your life exhausting. And we get it confused. And so the invitation of Jesus today is not to add more things, but to put our trust in the will, the purpose of our Savior who says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And to put all our eggs in that basket. And make sure we lay hold of the one true thing at the expense of these things that so easily entangle, stress, exhaust, and kill us slowly day by day. And I don't think I'm under or overemphasizing those things. Because I've carried them all. So band, if you could come up. We push response at Calvary because sometimes that's all there is to do. And, and faithfulness with God is saying, God, you've, you've spoken your truth. I've examined my life with your help. And I see where the parts of me are not living up to your calling, your desires for me. And I want to do something about that. And there's great victory available for each and every one of us that is willing to say, I'm, I, I'm okay looking at myself, God. I need you to help me see my reflection better. But I want you to work on the things that you see. It's that invitation into the impossible every Sunday. It's the invitation into real freedom, real purpose, and the ability to be really available in every season, every step. Imagine if the campground became the Sunday service. When I walk to the gross bathroom, I have a word for somebody, I have a scripture for somebody, I have healing in my hands for somebody. I'm willing to pray for this person. I have a word of knowledge for this person. That's not that countercultural. Well, it is. But that was Jesus' whole ministry. Let's go camping and let's go affect people day by day. That was his ministry. I would love if that was our ministry as well. So, love you guys. Amen.